The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Can we get a cup of coffee in here, please? Yeah, get, get that dopey screen off my face. Yeah. Yeah. Good morning, people of planet Earth. It is Monday, uh, November 28th, 2022. Back from a very, very, the endless weekend. If, uh, like most people, a lot of people, take off Friday. I did not. But... For a lot of people were off from like Wednesday afternoon until now. It was a very long weekend. I uh, hope you had a great and safe weekend. Happy times with the family. All that kind of crap. And now we're back to reality. Back to work Monday. And it won't be long. For me, good news. Won't be long till the days start getting longer again. Now, I think we are, what, 25 days away? from the first day of winter, which means the days start getting longer by one minute a day until sometime uh, 90 days after that uh, when springtime arrives. So, you know, about 120 days from spring. Looking forward to it. Um, That's I live my life by weather now. Anyway, I hope you had a great holiday weekend. Mine was... Uh, up and down, up and down, up and down. I, uh, if you weren't with us on Thanksgiving, we had a three and a half hour show when some friends popped in. I put out a lot of in- invitations to people. A lot of people did show up and a lot of people didn't show up. And a lot of people are apologizing for not showing up. No reason to apologize. I told them beforehand. It's a holiday for a family. The only reason to show up was you had nothing better to do but spend the morning with me while I cook, while you were cooking or whatever. So. Uh, but it was a fun time. A lot of a lot of cool people uh, sharing some laughs on a holiday morning. Going to continue to do that uh, whenever holidays happen. Do special holiday shows. Start them early. Invite everybody. Whoever shows up, shows up. And whoever doesn't, doesn't. And it's all good. Today, Jimmy Medina, a uh, New Jersey, New York guy who moved to Indiana, comedian, uh, will be with me or is scheduled to be with me. I seem to be the guy that people don't show up for. I'm like the Rodney Dangerfield of podcasting. I get no respect, uh, but that's all good. Uh, hopefully he will be here at about 9.15 this morning, and we'll get to know him and his comedy a little bit and uh, have a nice little chat. Um, there is some serious shit going on in the world. Um I hate to be a bummer about it, but what's going on over there in China with COVID? Yeah, COVID is still fucking in the news. Three years into this, COVID is still in the news. And um, I was thinking about, oddly enough, thinking about this a lot recently because I think 
COVID-19 was a test for humanity, one that we um, completely failed. Because I think, and I'm pretty sure I'm right about this, uh, there is a much bigger, much more powerful pandemic on the timeline waiting for us, just out there in the future, just lurking, waiting for humanity to drop its guard and then drop this extinction-level uh, pandemic on us. Is that a happy thought for a, morning, a Monday morning? Yay! Uh, it's not exactly the way I want to go out. <laughs> I'm going to go out some way. Whatever, it doesn't really matter. Uh, anyway, I do think the way we handled COVID was a test, and I do think we failed. Um, you know, a little late getting into, a little late, getting into full control mode. And I know the government taking control is what bothers a lot of people and what made anti-vaxxers out of people. And I get that. I get that. You don't want to feel like the government is telling you how to live your life. But when a real pandemic, I mean, and we lost a million people in COVID, we pro- and more than a million people, and we could have lost a lot more had there been just, you know, free-for-alls the way you know, some people wanted it. You, see, you know, no restrictions at all, no, no, you know, masks, no facts, no, none of that. Could have been a lot worse. No, you know, pull on, let's learn about this stuff all Balls to the wall, all hands on deck, looking at what we can do to treat the disease, to make it quicker. And so with all that, it was a learning process for a disease that's much stronger. I'm going to say something that might seem make me an insensitive asshole, and yes, it will. Getting text messages. Good morning. Um I think a million people dying is obviously a very serious thing. I lost a lot of people, a lot of people I know, more than 50 people I know died from COVID. But I do think as far as pandemics go, as far as diseases go, it was weak compared to what's coming. It was no bubonic plague. And it's still around in variants and still coming back. But I do think it's nothing compared to an Ebola type disease or, you know, uh, as far as severity now, it was more contagious than uh, a lot of diseases. Um, But what's going to happen now is when we get a stronger disease that adapts the contagion element, we're not going to be prepared for it. So what's going on in China now? They have... And this is a. They have a zero COVID policy. They have an, a new outbreak of a new strain of COVID going on over there, and people are protesting because uh, Z, then Pang Ping, whatever his name is, I, I'll just call him Z, has some really draconian lockdown measures. You can't leave your house without getting COVID tested. And people in China are rightly protesting that. They just want, you know, you, imagine if they did that in the United States, how you know, 
given what we know about how people were protesting masks and, and uh, vaccinations and all that kind of stuff, if the government came along and said, you can't leave your house without being tested, you'd have some pretty uh, violent protests, I think. So far, the protests over there don't seem to have been violent. It's just, you know, when you live in a regime like that, they probably still remember Tiananmen Square pretty pretty clearly. <laughs> They're not about to um, test the temp- temperament of the government. But they are protesting. Uh, it's, it's a very tense situation over there. And how does that affect us? Well, a lot of the inflation, a lot of the supply chain stuff is because China is the second biggest economy in the world. And they have the power, whether intentional or not, to make things much worse on the economy if things go south over there. And things, you know, of course, when you have those kind of lockdowns, we're not looking at a a good time over there, uh, over here from what falls out from over there. Hopefully, we're not looking at another wave of COVID in this country because I think, you know, again, we are... um, more likely to be um, violent protesters. I don't know about that. We, because Tiananmen Square is still in my memory pretty, pretty fresh. Um, but you know, so would BLM and Antifa riots and all those kind of stuff. Uh, not too long ago in this country, I think we tend to break stores. We kind of we we tend to you know. Take out, take it out on capitalism. Not, I think. Listen, uh, and this is just me talking. It's not facts or any of that. I think a lot of that backlash towards capitalism—that's just poor people trying to get shit. They take advantage of political unrest, whatever it is. All those riots that we had a couple of summers ago, people, you know, and we see it constantly. This. Uh, hurricanes or uh, earthquakes or whatever, when people looting, that's just people who never had anything trying to get something. A color TV, a big screen TV means a lot to those people. Whatever, that's going to change their life. And they're willing to risk their lives to get that shit. Um, So it's just, we're messed up in that situation and in that regard. And, um, it's part of the growing disparity and the, the uh, elimination of the middle class. And the more we have rich and poor, the more we're going to see a lot more of that stuff. So the stuff in China is not good news. It's not good news for a Monday morning. Back to work after Thanksgiving. It is what it is, and it's in the news, and people are talking about it. I thought uh, I should put that out there for discussion. If anybody has any uh, thoughts on the matter. Uh, chat room is open. So I'm probably going to um, be going to inter- – I know I've done several polls on this on Internet Radio. We're probably going to be launching a, a simul stream to uh, Internet Radio in the next couple of weeks. So if you're on – anywhere you're seeing this and or if you're downloading this on the audio version and listening to it at night, join us in the morning, especially I'm on YouTube. I'm on, I'm on Twitch again. I don't really love Twitch. Uh, Twitch is not for people just 
talking and having chat. It's for gamers. It's for people doing things, uh, people demonstrating their talents, people drawing drunk. <laughs> That's what Twitch is for. Uh, people actually doing things. I'm not doing anything here, but I'm on Twitch. And uh, so I invite you to join us in the chat room, Facebook Live, several different channels there. Um, Twitch, as I mentioned, YouTube, as I mentioned, Twitter, but we can't see the chats over there. Uh, Rumble, everywhere. Just find us. But join us in the morning rather than if it's more convenient for you to listen to it at night. I appreciate the fact that you're listening to it later in the day. But join us here and and be part of the discussion. I'd love to have you in that. And back to the holiday. Now, Wednesday night, biggest night in entertainment in America. Uh, But we, the Rockin' 45s, and me, Matt Napo, (laughs) decided, made a conscious decision to stop working those nights. Uh, Even though it's great money, great exposure, good, you know, it just gets to be enough if you do it 50 years in a row you've had enough of it so took off wednesday night and just spent some time here with the wife and enjoying quiet time and i got a call about a gig for black friday at a restaurant and I, now i knew first of all you get a call on wednesday before thanksgiving thanksgiving eve from a, a restaurant on that means there was somebody booked who decided eh, it's going to be a shitty gig. I'm bailing on this. And who they call call us. I had taken the night off anyway, just thinking it, it would be a shitty night. I thought in advance, nobody goes out on black Friday. They're tired from the holiday on Thursday. They've done all shopping all day on black uh, on black Friday during the day. They're not going out to a restaurant on Friday night. So who do they call? They call Mikey and said, can you guys do a duo? Yeah. And he said, yes. And so now I'm hooked into playing a gig. And I'm like, you know, we're set up here because this is going to be a loser thing. Uh, And, you know, it's not going to be a fun gig. It all turned out to be a very fun gig. Not a lot of people came out, as I predicted. But uh, it was a very good time. Very loose time. Very casual. Light time. Fun Made some good money. People were, were tipping away like crazy. Like there, there is no such thing as a poor economy. Uh, anyway, so that was Friday night. Played that gig, and then Saturday night got rooked into something else. That you know, a, a parade, a parade in Patchogue, New York, uh, Christmas parade on the Grinch float, uh, and. I am baffled, baffled, because there were thousands, thousands of people on the street cheering and smiling, and we play one song in a friggin' loop, and it's a Grinch flow, you know, the Grinch standing behind me, and there was not a lot of room, and he kept kicking me in the head, (laughs) and I'm like cramped in there with a guitar, but um, how excited people get over a parade, and I'm not just talking about the kids, adults like lit up, lit up happy to see a parade going by. Like, 
I don't know, like it was the Beatles at at Chase Stadium in 1964, just screaming and ah, happy faces. And I'm like, I've never had this experience. And I don't think I ever, obviously I won't at this point in my life. But just being that excited over a guy in a Grinch costume. And again, we were just playing, we play uh, Felice Navidad, 45-minute version of that in a loop. Uh, and there was this, at, at one point, we were driving down uh, the main street there, and again, thousands and thousands of people on the side, all smiling, all happy. And there was this really tall guy, and he was his head was up above the float, and he was singing Felice Navidad with the biggest smile on his face. And I just brushed out laughing. I was like, this guy is really loving this moment. And I don't get that. I I can't imagine being high enough to really be excited about a parade. And especially, you know, Christmas parade and the Grinch and all that kind of stuff. It, it seems very strange to me. I can't relate to it, but I am thrilled that people enjoy it so much. And it is a little contagious. I have to admit, uh, cause I go there with the Grinch attitude. I'm like, ah, oh, man. And, um, the more I see, and I can't explain how it's like, they're looking at Jesus coming down the street. They all like <sighs> magic. It's like, what the fuck are you people seeing that I don't get? I know I'm just a, a curmudgeon. I get that. But it is uh, contagious on some level, and it does lift your spirits to see people. Now, I'm looking at some of these kids, and I'm thinking what this is going to, what this night, uh, you know, going out and seeing the Christmas parade means to them. And, uh, you know, they're getting ready for this holiday season, and it is magical for little kids. I get that. And it, seeing that, and just kind of imagining the the majesty of it for the children, it, you know, it's, it gives you some good things to think about. Now, me being the dirty old man that I am, I'm also looking at women in the crowd and thinking, uh, she's too hot for him. <laughs> she's too hot for him. Oh, she's not. I do. Um, I can't help it. That's who I am. Who I am. Uh, let me go check the chat room, see what's going on over there. Uh, I'm waiting on Jimmy Medina. And again, late, I have a feeling <laughs> I'm going to get Rodney Dangerfield on this one. If that happens, I'm going to wrap up pretty early because I do have some things I want to get to. I'm pretty excited about reorganizing the studio, uh, getting some things happening there that I want to see happening. And this some clients coming in today that I want to catch before they leave. So if Jimmy doesn't show up by, I say, I'll give him till, I don't know, nine 45 or something. If he doesn't show up, I'm going to wrap it then. Um, who was in the chat room? Kelly. Good morning, Kelly. Michael Shane is in the chat room. What are you taking a day off from work, dude? Uh, William Conway. Good morning, William. Uh, your guitar uh, playing sounded, yeah, playing sounded great. Come on. It's, it's like you don't even it's not even playing it at one you know especially that song that song is a loop to begin with 
is playing four chords over and over again without stopping. It's like it's on autopilot. You don't even. Uh, the people at the parade are the same people who failed the COVID experiment. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm going to keep saying I don't know because I'm thinking about that. No, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think those people, you know, people are a mix of people who failed the experiment, people who did the right thing and um, took precautions and cared about other people and all that kind of stuff. I think if we're going to come back to that, I think we as a world, the entire world failed the COVID experiment. And, you know, come back to that for a second. I do think whether or not, and I think COVID will continue to have variants and, and come around and whether it'll be a yearly thing or whatever, uh, China is having a significant breakout, not a, it's not growing, spreading as fast as it did in the initial COVID-19 outbreak. But I do think COVID, everything on the, all the variants in the long term, 10 years from now, 12 years, 15 years from now, will be looked at as hay fever compared to the pandemic that is coming our way. Uh, when I was in pathology, Dr. Miller used to used to drill into my head about viruses and, and how uh, viruses can be good for the planet, but they will also probably be uh, leading to an extinction level uh, event at some point. And I think we're getting close to that point. We've seen it escalating for the last 20 years. A lot of people forget that we've had bird flu and swine flu and all that kind of stuff. I don't forget. I write songs about it. <laughs> so I have the documentation of every time we've come across this stuff. COVID killed a million people. To me, and I'm going to be insensitive again, that's a pussy pandemic. A real pandemic is going to kill 100 million people in the United States alone. And it's coming. Might might be next week, might not be next year. It's coming. That's good news for a Monday morning. Back to work. Are you happy now? I think maybe I'll go uh, drop Jimmy Medina online and see if he... You know, he's in Indianapolis, I believe, still is on the same time zone as us. He might be just oversleeping. He might just be blowing me off. He was excited about doing this. He was very grateful for the opportunity. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm a very slow typer. <laughs> Uh, um, so, yeah, so that's the the uh, down bummer news from, uh, well, not news, because it, it's not, not a fact. It's just my stupid opinion, and you don't have to agree with it. And uh, hopefully, if you don't agree with it, hopefully you're right and I'm wrong. I, and I mean that sincerely. Uh, oh, Mike, with your conspiracy theories now, what's with you? You're supposed to be Mr. Positive population agendas no i don't think it's it's a listen if you were going to eliminate a, a segment of the population that's the wrong way to do it 
Yeah, they could do it very easily uh, without endangering themselves. Bio methods, <laughs> whether it's disease or chemical uh, methods, you leave yourself um, open to that. If if that was your way to control the population numbers, uh, you're basically taking your own life. At risk. Uh, no, I don't believe in that uh, conspiracy theory. Sorry. Um, uh, William Conley says, but luckily we know of a new science that kills any virus. We do? Point and peck still exist. I see. Yes, you see that correctly, point and peck. Peck and point, isn't it? Peck and heck. Um, one finger typing, yes, that's what it is. I, I've never learned to type, and I never will learn to type. That's the way it goes. Um, yeah, Mike said, did you see the video clip? I saw the video clip. I was not impressed. It was like the worst part of the parade where it looked like there was nobody out there. And there were, uh, there were, <laughs> there were thousands of people out there, but in the video, it looked like nobody. I'm going to play the video. Actually, uh, the light guy, William says, is the new science that's going to wipe out. No, it won't wipe out cancer. Uh, it all kills any virus. That's what he's saying. Okay. Um, I don't know. Did he say any virus? No, I don't think any virus. Lots of viruses were on that list, but not all of them. Not, you know, there's a lot of viruses, man. Uh, I'm going to play the video. I think I'll play the video. I'll try to play the video. Let me see. It's not a long one. It's a very short one. Uh, but again, it's not impressive at all. Where is it? I don't see it. It's not on a... I know I downloaded it last night. Excuse me while I look around. Is this it? This could be dangerous. It might not be it. Hold up. That's not it. But I'll play this anyway since I... I, I the opinions expressed on the Mind Dog, the Magnificent Show, are those of the guests appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Cablevision, Very old employees, clip. associates, or your mother. 30, 35 years ago.
it's the wrong video. I want to play the thing. No, that's not the video I wanted to play. I wanted to play the parade video. Uh, let me see. Uh, Mike's saying, the emails I've been getting from Scale of Light say nothing specific to me. They are templated uh, vagaries. Well, I think they're probably meant to get you to buy. It's probably a sales funnel. Uh, <laughs> I'm saying I hope it never ends, that stupid video. Um, oh, there's plenty of those kind of stupid things. I can't believe I thought. I, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought. I don't know what the what happened to the uh, video from last night, the um, video Mikey sent me. I know I downloaded it. Oh, well, it'll have to wait for another time. Maybe it's on the desktop? No. I'll check one more place. I don't think it's on the desktop, though. I really don't. Nope, it's not. Huh. Oh, it was wherever I know where because I did it in Safari, I think. Right? No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not gonna looking for it anymore. I'm done. I'm not gonna play the dumb uh, parade thing. Doesn't look like uh, Jimmy Medina is gonna show up now. He's. I think he's in New York. Zach and I love your videos. Really, you and Zach a couple now. Um. <laughs> uh, where was where was I going there? Uh, oh, Jimmy Medina. Just I think he's in New York. He was at Broadway Comedy Club in New York on Saturday night, and I understand he killed. Uh, and good for him, but he's not here now. And again, one more time, I'm starting to feel like people are just taking me for granted, man. They. And why, these are people that reach out to me to be on the program. A lot of them need exposure. They need content to promote themselves and make themselves look like somebody to be on, I don't know, Joe Rogan's podcast maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they're not doing themselves any fa favors by not showing up here because it makes them look unprofessional in any case. Not like I generally beat the hell out of them over a no show up i mean publicly um but i could it's definitely in me to be a spiteful asshole and say hey this guy didn't show up he sucks i'm not doing that i, I will continue to support these guys even when they don't show up uh but i have a week now i'll tell you who's supposed to be on a David Beecher is supposed to be on tomorrow. He's from somewhere in the Midwest as well. Uh, oh, no, he's from Pennsylvania. Stroud, Stroudburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, then Preston Williams is supposed to be here Wednesday. I have a feeling Preston will show up. Mike Grief is supposed to be here Thursday. Very early for him. He's in L.A. Uh, it's uh, going to be 6.15 for him when he signs on. I believe he'll show up. I'm almost certain. If I had to bet money right now, Mike Grief will show up. Uh, but tomorrow's a, a big question. Maybe not. Although he, that guy seems really excited about the opportunity to be on the program as well, just as Jimmy Medina did. I could play you some of the, uh, show you some of the chats that these people have. They're act, acting like 
they've been asked to be on, uh, you know, whatever, The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon or something. And then they don't show up. Very weird. Um, yeah, you can co-host, uh, William, on Wednesday, but do not talk for Preston. This last time you were on with Preston, uh, we are trying to have a conversation with Preston, and you were asking him, you were answering the questions for him. You have to let him speak. It's his moment. Yes, you can co-host. You can join in the fun. You can ask questions, but let him answer his questions. Don't be his daddy. That's all I'm saying. Yes, you are definitely welcome to co-host. You're welcome any morning, William. Uh, I should make you a team member so I don't have to send you a link and you can just pop in whenever you want. I will do that sometime today. I will uh, make you a team member, official team member, and you can then pop in. At any point, he said, I know, I know, I was so just so excited. Uh, like, <laughs> a lot of people have contacted me uh, who are friends of William, by the way. Uh, and some of them have expressed interest in coming on the show and then never followed up. A lot of comedians out there, though. A lot of people know him. A lot of people uh, take his... Uh, uh, advice or, or, you know, are influenced by him is that when he said, you know, it's a good show to do, a lot of people contacted me. None of them followed through except for Preston so far. Uh, I know it's early in the morning for a lot of people. A lot of people every, everywhere, but even on the East Coast, it's early for a lot of people. Uh, that's what it is. Um, so, yeah, that's that. You know what? It doesn't look like Preston's going to show up uh, Jimmy's going to show up. Preston will show up on Wednesday. I, I have a good feeling on that one. Uh, Jimmy Medina is not going to show up today. So um, I'm probably going to end this in, a, in a, just a couple of minutes here. I'm just checking. I'm getting. Uh, okay. All right. I'm getting stuff about my meetings this morning already. Anyway, I apologize for that. Taking care of business while I'm taking care of business, while I'm supposed to be taking care of a show. It's not really much of a show without a guest, is it? Um, what else is going on that I wanted to talk about this morning? Um, I, I'm drawing a blank, but there were some shenanigans going on over the weekend that, oh, you know what? I wanted to talk about the Kanye West thing <laughs> and the Nick Fuentes guy. Um, you know, big deal about Trump meeting with Nick Fuentes by accident and Kanye West supposedly brought this guy. Now, there's a lot going on here. Uh, and it's not not just political. I, well, it is of course it's all political when you're talking about somebody who's a former president who's running for president again. But I think Kanye West. This is conspiratorial of me, and I'm not generally a conspiratorial guy. I think Kanye West did this to to set Trump up in a way and make him look bad, and kind of just bring some of his poison uh, just dry, uh, spray some of his poison on on Trump cunt I almost called him I almost called him Donald cunt 
to to stain him with some of the anti-Semitic crap that that uh, Kanye. I won't call him Yay. I'm sorry. I will not call him Yay. Kanye West um, has been dishing out there now. He's got a strange alliance with Nick Fuentes. Nick Fuentes is a white supremacist. He's on record as saying black people are dangerous and stupid. Um, but he also is an anti-Semite. He's a complete white supremacist. Calls himself a Christian, but he hates Jews. Now, most Christ- real Christians don't hate Jews. Uh, Christianity is not about Jewish hate. But there is a... a a segment of um, the Baptist movement and people, you know, there's a segment of Christianity that definitely uh, was raised on the idea of Jew hating. Jew hating. I want to hate on some Jews. Um, but <laughs> so he, it's a weird thing for Kanye West. You know, strange bedfellows. If you hate enough, common hatred makes them strange bedfellows. Kanye West and Nick Fuentes have formed a kind of an alliance, even though Nick Fuentes hates black people. Hates black people. Thinks all black people are dangerous and stupid. He said as much. I'm not putting words in his mouth. I'm not paraphrasing. He said as much as all black people are dangerous and stupid. And then you have Kanye West making, not only becoming a friend of his, but saying that he's uh, allowing Nick Fuentes to use his Twitter account. I guess he has not been reinstated yet by Elon Musk. Speaking of that, I wonder if I'm going to get reinstated. All the accounts that I got banned on over the years on Twitter, are they going to get reinstated? I think I, I never said anything remotely hate speech like that. I said some things. That, Called some people some pretty violent <laughs> insults, but uh, never like towards any race or group or any like anything like that. So, but here's where it gets really interesting. Trump says he didn't know this Nick Fuentes guy, and he just showed up with Connie. If you believe that, I got a bridge for you because nobody. Nobody just waltzes in on a former president and has dinner with them. They don't, you know, nobody gets in without the Secret Service vetting them, knowing who they are, informing the president and saying, is this guy okay? So that's bullshit. But it turns out, because immediately after this dinner that they had a week ago Tuesday, a week ago tomorrow, um, Kanye came out with a video totally trashing Trump. So if he went there with the intent that he claims he or claimed he had, he's a fool. And then, yes, he, that's definitely probable that Kanye West is a fool. That's definitely that. But listen, if you know anything about Trump and you say to him what Kanye what says he said to him and Trump says he said to him and everybody agrees that what said he asked Trump to be his running mate. In other words, Trump would be the vice president and Kanye would be president. You'd have to know that a narcissist like Trump, nobody's running for president. And I'm going to be their vice president. He doesn't think anybody is better than him in any way. There's no way he would accept the secondary role 
to Jesus. <laughs> he wouldn't. Jesus asked him to be a running mate. He'd say, no, I, I should be on the top of the ticket. <laughs> and so, of course, that was met with anger. But Kanye came out with this video uh, where he's talking about the stuff that Trump was saying. Right now, and they're saying that he brought up, "You would you want to be my running mate? And that made Trump angry. Of course that made Trump angry. You know, If you don't see that coming. I, I don't know, you know, but it turns out Milo Yapanopoulos, whatever, <laughs> Milo, we'll just call him Milo, who is in line with Fuentes and Kanye and all part of that Jew-hating far-right uh, agenda. Turns out Milo is working on the campaign. He's the campaign manager for uh, Kanye, but also on the campaign staff of one Marjorie Taylor Greene. Whoa, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's using Trump to boost herself up and become the spokesperson of the far-right conservatives, is also stabbing Trump in the back by... Uh, this incestuous, if I can use that word, incestuous relationship with staffers and campaign manager of now his arch enemy. Now, this is this is political. What I'm about to say about or what the what it means for the politics, uh, but it, to me, this is just like entertainment and, and human nature and a lot of really dirty backstabbing games people play. Shit. It seems Marjorie Taylor Greene is using Trump to prop herself up to get more power for herself. Meanwhile, cohorting with people who were actively undermining. And and if, listen, it comes down to this. Trump is admitting to being duped. That's not something a presidential candidate would ever want to kind of brag about or or put out there as an excuse, being duped. Oh, you have that poor judgment that a Nazi could just walk in and have dinner with you and you not you not see it coming. And on a place where, again, he has documents, classified documents still, some documents are, are not accounted for. In a very insecure place, and you're just gonna let Nazis just casually walk in to no, well, none of that makes sense. But what it means for the Republican Party now, a lot of the Republican Party are starting to, or at least verbalize, peeling away from Trumpism. But when it comes down to it, what what that would mean is sacrificing the next election. Hear me out. Trump holds, still holds, and will forever hold the extreme right, the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, KKK. He owns them. The neo-Nazis, the Nick Fuentes are never going to um, peel off of the Trump train, jump off the Trump train. They're going to be on there. 
So if Trump leaves and the Republicans nominate somebody else, you have a split vote in the right, which means Democrats walk to victory. They walk to a huge, if it's Biden, if it's anybody on on the left, they just waltz. If Trump runs as an independent against DeSantis, it splits the right vote. Neither Trump or DeSantis come close to 30%. Even if they won 60% of the popular vote between the two of them, it's not enough to sway, to come close to winning the election. It would be suicide for the Republican Party to split their vote. So they're going to nominate Trump. They have no choice. He's got them blackmailed. If he says, if you don't nominate me, I'm running as an independent, they're going to nominate Trump. They're stuck with that. Now you come to the fact that people who have already said some really nasty things about him on the right are going to be on his shit list. It doesn't bode well for any of them. It's just like lots of infighting and lots of drama, lots of hate and place going on in the Republican Party. And what and again, you know, I've come back full circle to this idea that that leaves us with one party rule in America. And I'm talking about the Democratic Party. It doesn't matter if it's Democrats or the Republicans. One party rule is what Russia has, it's what, what China has, it's what North Korea has. One party rule is far worse than anything we've ever known in this country. And we are slipping dangerously towards that because Donald Trump is holding the Republican Party hostage. And they're fearful. Yes, William Conway has it right. The the But listen, uh, <laughs> realistically, um, he has it right, Matt Napo for president 2024, but realistically, that's not going to happen. Uh, but we are uh, in a very precarious place. And I think the Republican Party is at a point where they have to either realize it's good for them. Oh, this is a fucking tough thing to, to even verbalize. It's good for them to commit suicide in 2024 so that they may have new life in 2028. None of them would agree with me on that. Nobody nobody in the Republican Party would, would agree with that statement. But it's good. It, they really need to purge themselves of somebody who's holding them blackmail. One of their own is holding them hostage. Um, and that's Trump. He's basically saying, if you Go with DeSantis. If if DeSantis ran without Trump in the picture, DeSantis waltzes to an easy victory over Biden. Um, not because of anything, any of the issues, really not because of any of the issues, because of personality, because of youth, because of energy, because he's good looking. Seriously. But uh, if DeSantis runs against Trump and Biden, DeSantis loses terribly. Trump loses terribly and Biden wins. And I don't care if it's Biden. It could be Kamala Harris. I can't understand her name. It could be anybody on the left. 
they win easily if DeSantis and Trump end up in a dogfight on the right and split the right vote. So what, that's how Bill Clinton became president. Ross Perot took half of the votes away from George Bush. And the Republicans are not willing to go down that road again. They're not willing to sacrifice four years to cleanse their party and rebuild and get some fucking ideas. I mean, really. They're, I've talked about DeSantis. He's not running on any issues. Because um, people don't care about fucking issues anymore. They care about personality. They care about whose team they are, which side. Uh, what color is the jersey I wear? That's what it's all about. Am I wearing red or am I wearing blue? That's all fucking people care about. Yeah, that's my take on that. But I do think there's some interesting, with the Kanye stuff, I'll just finish on this. The Kanye stuff, the Marjorie Taylor Greene connection, Milo Yiannopoulos, if that's how you say his last name, uh, the Nick Fuentes thing. I think there's some intentional backstabbing gamemanship to that whole meeting that happened. Shit that goes on under the surface that nobody's taken account for. I don't believe um, that Trump didn't know who Fuentes was at all. He has to. Nick Fuentes was one of the leaders of Charlottesville. The One of the people that when Trump said there are good and bad people on both sides, Remember that with Charlottesville when Trump first became president? Nick Fuentes was one of the rally leaders. He was the guy who got the people to march with the signs that said, the Jews will not replace us. He's one of the people that incited the neo-Nazis to show up for that rally, that Trump said good and bad people on both sides. He had to know who he was. And again, nobody just... You think I'm wrong about this? Go try to go to Mar-a-Lago and say I want to meet with the president. Kanye West sent me. <laughs> yeah, do that. Do that today, and then report. Come on the show tomorrow morning and report to me how it went uh, from your cell. Uh, he didn't just walk in there. He knew who he was, but he got played. He got played badly. Is Kanye? Kanye West ran for president four years ago. I don't know, uh, or in 2020, three years ago, two years ago, almost three years ago. <laughs> no, just two years ago. How many years ago was it, dog? It was two years ago. Um, and he got, he had 60,000 supporters, 60,000 in a, where, you know, I think Trump got 80 million votes. No, Trump got 70 million votes and Biden got 80 million votes or something like that. And Kanye... Uh, sixty thousand. You're not gonna win. There's no, and people will say, "Well, nobody thought Trump could add stand a chance." It, it, Trump is a different animal than Kanye West. Kanye West um, does not have a chance, and even really making a very significant run. But I will say this. 60,000 people is not a lot of people. But this is important to remember. Hillary lost to Trump. She won the popular vote, but electoral votes that would have made a difference 
came down to 17,000. 17,000 votes in the right places would have given Hillary the victory. So Kanye stealing away 60,000 votes, if he steals them in the right places, can have a huge impact the way the Electoral College is set up, the way our electoral system is set up. So it's not like it's meaningless. It, it means something, especially if he gets support in the right places. It's all about the right places. <laughs> it's all about the right places. It's not damn good coffee and hot anymore. It's kind of good coffee and getting a little bit cold. I think I'll end it here because I do, you know, my guest did not show up again. Who predicted that? And uh, I have work to do. So I'm probably, uh, I'm just going to head out now. Should I play Turn On Your Radio? I'm getting so sick of that that I should play something else. Um, ba -ba -ba -ba. I just don't know what else to play. I just don't know what else to play ever. Um, you know, I'll play The Only Lonely Boy in New York City. That's what I'll play. I'll see you tomorrow. Um, David uh, Beecher will be my guest tomorrow. He's a comedian out of Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. He probably won't show up, uh, but hope to see you. I have a, a show tonight about forgiveness. It's all about forgiveness, about a uh, college professor who, white lady, who adopted a black son and felt like she was an unfit mother, didn't really know how how to deal with the cultural differences of raising a black child and wasn't prepared for inter interracial adoption. And uh, her book is about forgiveness. We'll learn something tonight. Join me then, 8 p.m. tonight, Mind Dog TV. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Say, I'm not the only lonely boy.
bring you down Waiting for the light to change Candy's gonna kill the pain And you don't wanna feel a thing Listen to me when I 